Hi, this is Jennifer. I'm Elizabeth. This is Amanda. And I'm Jasmine. And And we are the Sisters Collective. We invite you to pull up a seat and join our family meeting. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer, the oldest sister, the sister that's always on time. I'm the sister that will remember your face, but will never remember your name. And I'm Elizabeth, the second and most fabulous of Patricia's daughters. I'm Jennifer's little sister, a preacher and poet, and I'm the sister most likely to make you the antagonist in my next novel. I am the fourth of Trisha's girls, the knee baby. You can call me Dr. Mandy, and I'm the sister guaranteed to be the last to arrive. My goodness. And this is Jasmine Lil Chick, a.k.a. the youngest of them all, and I'm most likely to shoot you with my camera, that is. Welcome back. Welcome hey. back, guys. Welcome back. Whoop, whoop. Another episode. We are we are cracking it out now. Yeah. Yes. Let's do this. Are y'all ready to jump into this week's episode? Let's do yes. it. All right. So what is on our minds today? What are we going to dive in and bring the people? Well, I wanted us to think about, uh, first of all, all the different um, places where our lives kind of intersect. Um, who are we? What what is it? What are the places that we represent? When we walk in a room, what is it that we represent? And mm-hmm. the one thing that we represent most specifically is that we're all women. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought about the fact that we are all women in different spaces. Um, I'm single. Jennifer is single, but she's a single divorcee. Amanda is married. Jasmine is married, about to be a mom. Amanda is a mom. So we have, we fill different spaces and roles as women. And I begin to think about some of um, the stigmas that are attached to womanhood, some of the expectations societally that are placed on women, um, some that are deeply rooted in misogyny and some that simply just don't serve us anymore. And I wanted to talk about the different spaces that we're in as women and which what societal uh, norms or societal stigmas have we either succumbed to or which ones do we find ourselves fighting often. Just want to kind of talk about that so that women can see themselves in the spaces that we have sat in. So um, I started doing some research because I do research, right? And <laughs> I started, <laughs> right, once a teacher, always a teacher. And I just began to do some, just some really quick research about stages of womanhood. Now, I use that term kind of loosely because um, loosely, but also scientifically, there are stages to everything. There are stages to development, right? Mm-hmm. We, you start as one thing, but you don't end as that thing. So there are stages. Um, and I looked it up, and one article that I came across um, began to talk about three phases, they said, of womanhood. They called it the maiden stage, the mother stage, and the sage stage. Mm-hmm. Okay, the maiden stage obviously is that when you are a child, that's the earliest stage, and it's personified, if it were personified in a season, according to this article, it would be spring, mm-hmm. when the bloom is just beginning on the plant. Okay, it says there, um, the maiden is very curious, very passionate, very much a risk taker. They don't conform. Maidens color outside the lines and don't care what it looks like they're very innocent and free-spirited and that is indicative of the first stage of womanhood or the maiden okay then it goes to the mother stage the mother stage will be personified as summertime when the plant is in full bloom the mother is a nurturer a caretaker and she puts others before herself she gives up herself for the good of her family the mother also recognizes the way she was as a maiden when maybe she burned the candle at both ends and improves herself Mm. because of it. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Then it goes to, and there's more that it says about the mothering stage. Then it says the sage stage. The sage stage or old woman phase, the sage is personified by fall when all the blooms are at their brightest and the colors are the most beautiful. The sage, the sage, the sage lives in her own style. The sage lives in her own style and doesn't really care about replicating or being a carbon copy of anyone else. She's perfectly in tune with herself. She'll wear what she wants without caring about what other people think. She's very self-possessed and unself-conscious. So if if we look at those, I can kind of accept some of those stages as right, right. as actual. They make sense, especially right, when do. you equate them to actual seasons. Maiden yeah. stage being that of what did it say fall. there? Maiden, Maiden was the one, the child. That's mm-hmm. the season the that would spring. be like spring. Yes, yeah, spring then. Summer. Mother is summertime. Mm-hmm. Sage fall. It's fall. Okay. Right? right, and. I started thinking about that. If you think about that, what happens to the woman who isn't a mother? Does she not have? Mm. Does she not have a summertime? Does she not have a time when she's in full bloom? Mm. But I, we have to also understand that being a mother doesn't mean you've given birth. That's right. Right. Because right. there's so many elements to mothering. Yes. Uh, most educators are mothers whether they give have birth or not because exactly. we mother people's children exactly. all every day, day all day. Okay. Exactly. And then if you're an aunt, you mother people's children. So I have to, understanding that producing a seed in the natural isn't the only thing that makes you a mother. Absolutely. But that's not how society feels. Right. And we're going to talk about that. So With, let's first start by what stage, if, if you had to say you were in one of these stages, which of these stages do you think you're in? I don't think any of us are still maidens. No, no. We're I don't think grown. any of us. We're fully grown. I think I think we're fully grown lambs. I think fully grown lambs. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, but can you remember when you were in the maiden stage? Yeah, when you were a free spirit, yeah, uh, innocent, yes. did not conform, colored yes. outside the line. Absolutely. I'll be the first to say that although I'm not in the maiden stage, I still color outside the line. Right. I feel like I feel like even though I would consider myself in the mothering stage, mm-hmm. um, I I still have elements. I haven't technically, by societal standards, made it to the the sage, sage stage. Right. But I feel like I you have I, elements I have of that elements of mm-hmm. that as well. How so? So be, you- because. Considering I'm the youngest, um, I grew up with all older people. Like every, every, my friends are all older than me, so I have an element of me that is, that is a little bit more mature for my age, for the stage that I would technically be in, that they would consider me to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like even though now I am about to become a mother, um, I have been in the mothering stage for quite some time. Yes. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that. Like, I've been mothering for <laughs> many years. Yes. Um, almost, let me see, physically in the in the natural, like, nine years. He's yes. about to be nine. My stepson is about to be nine. So that's nine years of mothering. Now I'm about to be technically in the mothering stage. Right. I guess before that I would have been in the... The little maiden is the maiden. Mm-hmm. She said, "Little maiden, the little, <laughs> the little maiden stage." Prepubescent. Yeah, like, but I, but I think you've, I think you've been out of the maiden stage for a while. But like you said, like I said, I may have elements of that because there's still a part of me that is free spirited, and a part of me that is a bit of a risk taker and the passionate part of me. But that's not necessarily a part of being a maiden as much as it is being self aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would consider yourself mothering, but with touches of sage. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, where do you think you are, Amanda? I would have to say that I kind of am. And by the let me see what these say. 
I think I would have to say that I kind of embody all of them. I have a six-year-old and eight-year-old, so I'm definitely in the mothering stage, but I never saw myself as being a mother. Like, that was never something that I desired to walk into, like, womanhood. I never identified that as something that classified me as a woman because I feel like, first, like, I'm a woman, hear me roar. Like, you know, and maybe that's a part of, you know, being a lesbian or whatever, but I'm very, like... You know, but I'm also Umgawa, Black Power. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm also that as well. But I would have to say that I'm in the mothering stage because I am a mother. Um, but through my kids, I get to be free spirited. You know, fun, right, 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 young, right. and like you, Jasmine. All of my friends are older than me. I was like, I don't think I have any friends that are younger. Um, so I kind of feel like um, I kind of feel like with touches of sage as well. Um, but yeah, I would have to say with, with little hints of sage because yeah. cause y'all old and we y'all younger. Well, first of all, first of all, first and foremost. Okay, okay. And I, Jen is actually 10 years older than me. I know, but that so. still does not mean anything because just because I'm 10 years mm-hmm. older. You know your feelings? <laughs> I am in my feelings because I do not consider myself old. You see, I'm um, mature, okay. mature, and I feel like I'm in the sage stage, but. I'm in a stage where it's like I, I've been through all that word about what other people think, mm-hmm. how they feel. At this point, I do Jennifer mm-hmm. and whatever's going to make Jennifer happy. So if I want to chop all my half, I chop it off. If I want to dye blonde like I did, I just do it. And then I do what makes me happy. I am always concerned about, you know, always being professional. Right. Um, that's just going to be, that's just how I am. I've always been that way. Um, so you think you're in which stage? I'm in sage. Okay. Full-blown sage. Full-blown Full sage. Full-blown and proud. And I, proud. I think because I teach middle, middle and high school students or have taught middle and high school students the entire time, have taught elementary at some points in some private schools, mm-hmm. um, and because I teach all high school right now and one middle school class and have been around the youth the, the, the youthfulness mm-hmm. that I have, have retained some of the maiden stage elements of it allow me to kind of still float in there in and out. I'm still able to connect with a younger audience. Um, but I honestly only enjoy youthfulness in youth. I don't like youthfulness in adults all the time. Like right. that kind right. of annoys me in a, in a particular way. Um, <laughs> So you're still I'm, an adult at the end of the day. Right. You, can, so I'm, you can be playful, but I think but not... I'm because I'm a teacher. I sit in the middle of all the three. Mm. Right. The 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 mother in me is always active and alive because I'm always trying to figure out how I can help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have to tap into the maiden stages of me so that I know how to relate to them. But then because of uh, I'm a woman of particular age, I don't look it. So most people don't know where I sit, but then there's a, the sage part of me that is a lot less self-conscious than I was before. And I kind of live by my own rules. I have my own style. I'm not really concerned about conforming and fitting into um, any kind of roles. I, I am conscious that I am a square peg in a, in a world full of circles, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. But so I sit in the middle and kind of can touch the others, right. if that makes sense. But even though I say I'm in sage... I still feel like I have a connection to young people. You do. And Absolutely. so do. that I'm still, young people are drawn to me just because of my position. Mm-hmm. I feel like young people are drawn to me. And I listen 
even though I may not understand all of the lingo and, you know, all, but <laughs> they, I'm willing to listen. And so even if I act confused, like, <laughs> I don't quite get that, don't quite understand. Um, I'm still, I'm open to listen and open myself up to understand where young people are coming from. So I, I was going to say, so like I notice like that dichotomy, maybe, maybe I'll use dichotomy paradigm. I don't know. Like Jasmine and I are both married. And so, and we're sitting, you know, over here across on this side of the table. And I was wondering, do you guys ever feel like society places on you with you no longer being married or you, you not being married, you being single, that that is like an expectation for you to like a status that you should be married? Did you ever feel that way? Was that something that you desired? Like, I know me, although I am married, it wasn't like a, a status thing for me. I was like, oh, I'm married. Like, it's cool. I'm excited about it. It's, but I, so many of my friends that... You know, so many of the people that are younger than me are like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to be married. Like, I'm like, girl. I think there are stigmas placed on women in every um, form of womanhood, whether you're single or married, Mm -hmm. divorced, or if you're a particular type of woman, lesbian, uh, any other kind of gender um, uh, identification. I think there are stigmas placed on every type of woman. Mm -hmm. So as a single, most certainly society tells me that I should be married and one that I should want to be married. Mm -hmm. They tell me that I should desire marriage. And if I don't desire marriage, that means I'm wounded. That some, some, why, why would you not want marriage? Marriage, marriage is the next level of development for you as a woman. Like that's the next thing that you should be aspiring to. And, I refute those arguments because while I think marriage is honorable and while I know that um, uh, biblically and as a believer, um, I know that God has ordained marriage. Marriage is a partnership, but it is a partnership that I get to choose or choose not to choose. Absolutely. I don't have to want marriage. Number one, God doesn't owe me marriage. Mm. He doesn't owe me marriage. If marriage isn't a part, if marriage is not necessary for the call of God that he that for the call that God has on my life, he doesn't owe me that. Mm. And it's one I learned that and took that from a, a a singles ministry meeting we had once at our church. And my pastor told me that you're more important than marriage. And that freed me from the notion that I had to keep aspiring for that. I rest and settle in my singlehood with a comfortableness that I didn't have before because I'm not striving for marriage. I'm uh getting secure in who I am. Mm-hmm. And and navigating this world freely as Elizabeth so that when he sees me, he sees me as whole and therefore desirable. I'm not doing it so that he sees me or so that he desires me. I just want to be found whole. I want right. to be whole whether he ever finds me or not. I have to live with me every day. So I want right. the person that I live with every day to be whole. And so I simply navigate this space in a freer space because while marriage is honorable and it is desirable, it's not at the forefront of my mind. It's something I absolutely have to have. Do would I would I would I like a marriage? Would that be a, a wonderful thing? Oh, absolutely. Um, but if I never got married, would I be tormented? Would I feel less yeah, than? Yeah. Absolutely not. Right. And I, I think would not. For, and I think for me, it's sometimes people may look at it as what's wrong with you? Why why did you yeah. get divorced? Um, what did you do wrong? And while 
Um, I, I can say on, on my part, there were um, mistakes made, but it doesn't make me feel less than. What I have to work on is not worrying about what people say about me um, being divorced, but also keeping in mind that because of my position, that I'm not presenting myself as if I, I don't like I, I don't desire to be with a man or I'm I'm so above being with a man mm. that I'm 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 good and unapproachable, some, and unapproachable and all that kind right. of stuff. Because sometimes mm. you can present yourself as so strong that you may intimidate a man because it's like okay she looked like she's gonna bite my head off. Right. And and I and I kind of refute that right. argument that right. I that there is something I could do that would that would that would what was the word that you just said I need that terminology just you that could make him intimidate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't yes. intimidate I need you a man. Not to be so weak that you. I, feel I can't. Intimidated. There's no amount of strength I could possess as a woman that would intimidate a man. I will not an M A N. Not not a man. Not a man. Not a man. No, not a man. Not a Listen, not a man. Because it could it could maybe intimidate somebody that's in a different stage of manhood. Right. Okay. Okay. Now that well, maybe that's another topic. And it is. And listen, we might have to do a part two on this one. We might have to do a part two on this one to talk about the mislabeling of strength in black women as. You know, the B word or unapproachable and angry. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that a little bit, maybe in the next episode. Absolutely. But back to what you were talking about, the stigmas attached to the space of womanhood that you occupy. Mm-hmm. I occupy right. the space of womanhood called single. Right. I talked about some of those stigmas. Jennifer occupies the the space of womanhood called divorcee. She talked about some of that those stigmas. What space of womanhood do you occupy and what are the stigmas you think you've had to face? How do you overcome them? Um. So for me, as... As now a newly ma- newlywed, I guess you could say I'm still in the newlywed stage. But we have been together for nine years. Yes, we were together eight years before we got engaged. So we occupied this space where it was of, well, when when are y'all gonna when are y'all gonna get married? Mm-hmm. When, y- when y- y'all want some kids? Everybody y'all, puts such expectations on people. Y'all want? I'm like, first of all, can you get up at my womb? Can right, you know? leave my uterus to me. Cause I'm Thank you. being being that currently pregnant to me. Um, I need y'all to get up out of it, okay? Cause this is a lot. All right, <laughs> but being in that space, it was very much like, so when y'all don't want to, y'all don't want to. So for us, it was very much like, okay, well, we want to accomplish certain things together, and make sure that we we are sound in our relationship before we step into this partnership. Because for us, it was very much a partnership. It's not about. Oh, we got we got this. Oh, we're get we're in, we're married. So you we're, weren't attached to the fantasy of I'm, marriage. No, I was never attached to the. I was kind of like Mandy. I was never that person. Like growing up, I planned out my wedding. Right. We didn't. That wasn't that wasn't a part of our childhood. Like I know right. it was not a part of my childhood. Planning out this big fancy wedding, growing up and deciding. Oh, I want the the picket fence and the two kids and the dog and it the. It was too poor to dream about a fancy wedding. Maybe that was the case. <laughs> I don't know. That might have been the case. And aside, but we are not against marriage. We have married women at the table. We're not right. against it. We are against the fantasy that makes people rush for something they're not right. ready for. Exactly. Or, that's exactly what we're for. Or say. don't even need. Right. Because some of you don't need Because some of you don't need to be married. You need to develop yourself in your singlehood. And develop, if you're with somebody, develop the relationship that you have with that first. person first mm-hmm. before you jump into that marriage. Because guess what? It's not going to get easier once you get married. Because after you jump that broom, you have to actually live with that person. And we spend yes. a lot more time planning a wedding than we do a marriage. I, listen. And we have to do better. 
don't don't wait until it's like you're right right before you're getting ready to get married to decide to go to couples counseling. You've already you've already gotten so attached to who they are that you will overlook every red flag. Mm-hmm. It won't Absolutely. even matter at that point what they say and what wrong you see because you've invested so much time in that relationship. Most like more more than likely at that point you are unwilling to vouch for yourself at that time. Yes. You're gonna do whatever you have to do to be in that relationship yes. because you don't care if what you're about to jump into will harm you. Mm-hmm. You have invested so much of yourself in that that you are you more than likely going to be unwilling to say, you know what, I probably should not do this. That brings me to a person on on uh, that I follow on Instagram. And they want so badly that culmination of what womanhood is to be married. So they're just investing. Or what in society has this, told exactly. us the culmination of womanhood is. Because here's the, here are the steps according to, to, right. to, to society. You, you're single. You're dating. You're married, you have children. And if you miss any of those steps, there's something broken in you. Right. right. That's not true. And that's not necessarily true. I brought that up because there's a, a, a you follow Lexi TV, Lexi on, um, on Instagram. Yeah. She has been engaged for a while. She's been single for a good amount of time. Her, mm-hmm. she, a singer, mm-hmm. comedian. And she had been single for quite a bit of time. I mean, she is hilarious. A huge talent. Her son is hilarious. A huge talent. And they are well known on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Well, she got engaged. Mm-hmm. And publicly announced to everyone, showed them to everyone, had the, the engagement photos, blah, blah, blah. They flew, I think, to Jamaica, I, I believe, to get married in Jamaica and had another counseling session, session or something when they were there. And in the counseling session, things came up that did not align with where she mm-hmm. wanted, and they called off the wedding. And the same amount of exposure she she gave us or, or input she gave us or or... She gave us by showing us who he was and talking to us about the engagement. She came right back on Instagram and did a a, a video and told us that it was off. And that kind of integrity I could respect right. because the, she didn't hide the engagement, so don't hide the breakup. That's right. Right, right. And right. she told us what happened, and it was they went to a counseling session. There were certain things did not align, but because she knew what her value was and because mm-hmm. she knew she could call she that knew, off she knew that yes. that's not a requirement that that's you right. she knew right. that this right. this this does not make mm-hmm. me and in fact this could break me mm-hmm. yes yes so is that level of commitment to self that is required right. you have to be that committed to your own you have self. to be a whole person before you get married yeah, because I don't believe in this. They know half and half. It's 50 right. 50 you, is false. Half and half is person. crazy. Right. Because when you get married, so much of your individual self gets meshed into a person. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You so, get lost. And, right. Sometimes, just not on, on purpose, just everything. Yeah. You know, it's all together your bank accounts, your this, your, you know. And see, that, and that is that is supposed to happen to right. become one. That exactly. is marriage. Right. That exactly. is marriage, but. Two can't become one if one of them wasn't whole. Right. And you find yourself sometimes compromising more than you might want to if mm-hmm. you um, aren't sure what your values are. Yes. Aren't sure Absolutely. what you hold. And in, in, in any relationship, there's going to be compromise. Friendship. Yes. Has to yes. be. There has to be. Yeah. But it's just important for you to know prior to making that step, like Jasmine said, that go to, go to couples counseling. Know your worth. Mm-hmm. Understand that... Prior to you getting married, you need to know thyself. Oh, goodness. Mm. Okay. And we could end and it right there on right, that know thyself. Let's, yeah, listen, because no, you're going to change. Because you're still going to change. Exactly. You're, you're going to develop, especially if you get married and you're a little bit younger in age and you haven't had time to really see who you are as a person, you're going to change. And in that relationship, you're going to change. So if you don't know who you are at that moment, 
Ooh. And that's what they said that most mm. divorces sometimes happen. Because after a person um, is growing, they're developed. So mm-hmm. let's say you get married. They grow into somebody that you don't like exactly. anymore. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or they so one person goes back to school or do does any of that and their mm-hmm. mentality changes and there's emotional growth, one makes spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And then if the other person can't accept that growth, then it's harder for that relationship to stay intact because of that. Right. So it's just important for people to be individually to be a whole person prior to getting into a relationship. And so. I think that's, you know... That, look, that was a good way to end. I think, we're, I think we're going to wrap this up right there, but we are going to come back to you guys next week with another episode on the mislabeling of strength in black women mm-hmm. and this thing I want to call Eloquent Rage. If you guys want to get ahead of us and start reading the book, what was the name of it? Uh, Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper. Mm-hmm. I may be pulling some excerpts out of that, but we're going to kind of continue this uh, discussion on womanhood and uh, the mislabeling of womanhood, the stigmas attached to womanhood, societal expectations of womanhood. But we're going to get even more specific. What does society say about black women, mm. about black womanhood? Absolutely. Because we're not just women, we're black women. That's so right. what does society say about black women? I want you to join us next week. We're going to talk about it. All right. All right. Talk All right. to All right. you. All right. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Sisters Collective. Tune in next week for another family meeting. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and follow us at the Sisters Collective on all social media platforms.